0: I was operating from wanting to control my circumstances because what ended up happening after that incident was that my my control patterns really kicked into gear, okay. I, wanting to control my circumstances, you know, because you had been, I faced, I had no certainty, right? And I had surrendered and I had accepted, you know, because in, in that moment of like that firing squad, I had surrendered mm-hmm. to God and said, you know what? I know you're going to, I'm going to trust that you're going to lead me to the path of greater joy, but I'm still operating from fear once I go back home, right? And so I go back to medical sales. I work in it for a year and then suddenly some, another turning point occurred. I lost a baby.
1: Fear stops us from achieving our true greatness. Are you a professional woman who is feeling stuck, unmotivated or burned out? Are you worried about your wellness? Are you letting fear stop you from crushing your goals? If you answered yes, Are you on LinkedIn? So am I. You can find me on LinkedIn at Charmaine Gregory MD. Hello, 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 hello! Fearless Freedom Tribe. This is Doctor G, and we are back for another exciting episode of the Fearless Freedom with Doctor G podcast. Today we have with us Sylvia Warsham, and she is going to tell us all about the amazing things that she is up to, and all about herself take it away, Sylvia. Hi, Dr.
0: G. It's amazing to be here with you tonight, and I really appreciate the opportunity to be able to share with your listeners a little bit about my background, my story as a survivor, from
1: survivor to thriver, <laughs> which Love is it.
0: in alignment with your podcast.
1: Awesome. So tell us about um, what, what are you up to? Like, what, what are the things that you're doing as a thriver?
0: As a driver, I'm actually stepping into the role I was created to be. Uh, I've become an author from the pandemic and on to here. I wrote a book and I self-published it last year. And then I took the summer to write and contribute to two other books, Badass Story, Volume 2. And the other one is titled Cracking the Rich Code. And so it's more for entrepreneurs and uh, personal empowerment. But my own book, Journey to Me, Trust, the Wisdom of Change, was written um, over the course of 2020. And it it talked a lot about fear and overcoming fearful patterns of behavior, which were the reason why I stayed stuck for so long and in a life where I wasn't thriving before I was a survivor, a perfectionist, a very high achiever.
1: Got it. I work with doctors really like yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure plenty of us needed your assistance for sure. And so tell us uh, a little bit more about your story. Like, how did you even get to the point where you wanted to write a book or you were in the capacity to be able to write a book about this?
0: Well, I lived it. I, you know, when you live through a journey where fear is at the center of it and you realize that you're stuck because uh, of your past belief systems. Um, I got to that point because I had a, a very rude awakening. In fact, it happened in the ER in 2012. I had a doctor that walked in and said, I really I really don't know how you're sitting up talking to me right now. <laughs> you really oh, wow. should be dead, basically. <laughs> wow, that's I, pretty I, intense. I, I had walked in and, and I had two large pulmonary embolisms in my left okay. uh, lung. Mm -hmm. Um, and that wasn't the worst of it. The worst of it was a day later when I got six doctors in my hospital room and they said, you're facing a 20% chance of surviving. And, you know, I was 37 years old. I was a single mom. I had already survived a divorce and I was dating my second husband and I had decided, um, to take birth control pills. And unfortunately at my age, I ended up with the lovely side effect of (laughs) pulmonary embolisms. And I was facing a firing squad, it seemed like. And and they basically told my family I had a 20% chance of of pulling through the night. So it was really scary. And when scary. you have a, a wake up call like that, it kinda just helps you reflect on your life. Like, what did I do to get to this point in my life? Am I just surviving? Am I really fulfilling the purpose I was meant to fulfill? And it just kind of started, those questions started to roll around my head. That's really what happened that kind of woke me up to the opportunity to step into my power. But it, there were a couple of, you know, waves in between because it's not as uh, cookie cutter type i think most people think oh you have this awakening and immediately you shift into gear and you just go towards your purpose that's not usually how it goes we're humans and we are fearful and we don't want to get out of our little comfortable box (laughs) because it's
1: comfortable (laughs) yes so true so true and so you know you're sitting in this hospital bed you are surrounded by what is perceived by you which i mean i could see why as a like a uh, firing squad, almost like, you know, like they're standing around your bed and they're telling you this ominous, um, prognosis. Right. Um, and then you had to, yes, there was an awakening. Yes. There was a, um, there was a pivotal point there, but there had to be an intense amount of fear that you felt. Yes. Was and terrified. <laughs> can you tell us like the, the details of that? Like, was it fear sure. of not being there for your baby? Is there is a fear for, um, you know, not having said words to people that you wanted to? Like, what was it that you were experiencing?
0: You know, it was sheer terror, honestly. When When you have doctors that won't even look you in the eye. And my mom was in the room and my boyfriend, who eventually becomes my second husband, is in the room, right? And they're like, they're in shock. And I'm just sitting there thinking, okay, so what do we need to do next? Because, you know, I come from an achiever background. So it's like, okay, I'm very goal oriented. But at the same time, my mind goes blank because they start going through the options. And when they get to, and they get to hemorrhagic stroke, I just, with the stroke history in my family, I just sat there stunned because here I am at 37 and my little boy had just left. had just flown back home we were in houston texas and i was in the big medical center and i was afraid to go to sleep in all honesty i did not want to sleep that night i wanted to stay awake because i didn't know if i was going to wake up and when they wheeled me through to icu i was praying i was saying a prayer i was begging god to give me a second chance because i had just found The love of my life and I was so ready to start that chapter but here I was facing this situation that I may not be able to I may not even wake up tomorrow morning let's put it that way and I'm going to tell you a story that I haven't really shared in podcast interviews before so you'll be the first uh, to hear this story but halfway through, they started to obviously give me you know, pain medication because the pain was atrocious in my chest area and in my ab- abdominal cavity. And um, But the medication made me nauseous. So to combat the nausea, they kind of gave me something else that made me sleepy. And I started to feel my eyelids close. And I remember the terror, like gripping my throat. And I was just like, please God, no, I cannot go to sleep because what if I don't wake up? What if What is going to happen to my little boy? Who's going to take care of him? You know, I had a semi good relationship with my former husband, but I was so terrified of never seeing my little boy again and not being able to start that new chapter of my life. And as my eyelids, I mean, I was struggling so badly to stay awake. And the nurses were all like, you got to sleep. You haven't slept in three days and your body's exhausted. And I'm fighting it, fighting it. And I remember feeling a hand cover mine and looking into my boyfriend's deep blue eyes and him saying gently, go to sleep. I'll be here when you wake up. And I remember just everything going black. And I fell asleep, right? And the very first thing when, when I opened my eyes, I started to want to move around. It was two o'clock in the morning and all these beeping sounds and it was freezing in the ICU and And I remember just thinking, okay, I made it past the point where they thought I was going to die, right? Right? Like, did this therapy work or not? And the doctors had explained, if it doesn't work, you are going to be faced with a situation that is very deadly and you may not make it. So I am praying that this therapy worked and, um, at eight o'clock that morning, a woman with the Catholic diocese walked into the room because as you know, you know, being a doctor, uh, when you walk into the hospital, they make you fill out all these paper works. And it. at the time oh. I, I, I associated with the Catholic religion uh-huh. because I was raised Catholic. And <clears throat> I uh, I remember just praying, just praying with my boyfriend, the our father, and suddenly a love so immense filled the whole room. Mm-hmm. And in that moment of like absolute terror, I felt peace and I felt the knowing that I was okay. Nice. I mean, absolute understanding and knowing. And that was the most, I mean, seriously, the most terrifying night of my life was like Easter Sunday night. And it was Easter Sunday when I received really shocked because someone in my condition who had multiple and not just two in my left lung, but like everywhere, I had no long-term complications at all, which was wow. shocking for them. Um, it wasn't shocking to me because I had already felt the knowing from mm-hmm. who I believe in, I believe in God, but not everybody does. And that's okay. Um, I just felt at peace
1: finally, after so many days of sheer terror. Wow. Yeah. Nice. You know, um, I don't know if it's your connection, but you are breaking up if you don't mind. So what was missed just now was when Mm -hmm. you were saying the part where you were talking about Easter Sunday. So we heard where you said um, that, you know, you felt, you felt that feeling, you said our father and you felt the feeling of knowing, and Mm -hmm. then you said something else about Easter Sunday right after that. And we missed that part.
0: Okay, so when when I knew and I understood that I was okay, I walked in with, like, I was wheeled in, but I was already at peace in the radiology department. And if it had not worked, obviously, I was facing a, a different situation, a much more fearful situation than the night before. But in a moment of sheer terror, I felt such peace and knowing and understanding that everything was gonna be okay, that my life, I was going to receive that second chance I had prayed for. And within 20 minutes, they did the test and the doctors came back and they were absolutely shocked because a woman like me who had multiple emboli uh, should have had long-term complications. I should have had massive holes in my lungs and none of that was evident. So that was my third and final miracle within 72 hours because I was in that hospital. Um, I had been admitted on Good Friday and I had received my third miracle by Easter Sunday morning. So it was a very powerful time in my life because it's a time where, um, you know, Jesus is being resurrected. So it's it's almost like that second chance that you're looking for, right? Mm -hmm. But like I discussed earlier, it's not like, you get it and immediately you shift gears. There's always fear that kind of stops you from stepping into that path, even though intuitively you know what you need to do. You hear the, those voices, that inner voice that kind of guides you step in <laughs> here and you still pull back because I hadn't gotten to the point where I understood how my belief systems And my patterns of behavior were really steering my choices in life.
1: Awesome. So, you know, so you had a couple of things that helped you through this moment of fear. You had the support of loved ones. So you mentioned your mom was there when you got the initial um, diagnosis slash prognosis. You mentioned that your significant other was holding your hand and encouraging you to rest because, you know, he would be there for you. And then you also were able to tap into your spirituality, right? So mm-hmm. you're, you you were able to draw power from that. Um, and I think that's really important because, you know, like when, when we are dealing with something as catastrophic as what you had to deal with, there is a great deal of fear associated with it, as you mentioned and as you detailed. So I thank you for that. And, you know, it's just like having having a, having a resource available to you, you know, whether it might be from within, you know, for some people it's from within Mm -hmm. for other people, it's a combination of things. You know, it can be your inner strength. It can be the strength that you get from those that love you. It can be the strength that you get from your spiritual beliefs, but it's just having a pathway to help you to turn that fear into fuel, right? Because that's what you did. Because so basically you 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 said that you you actually felt a feeling like you had uh you, you described it as a feeling of knowing, mm-hmm. right? And so you had that, and which is extremely powerful. And you know, that just took away that that anvil of fear that you had on your shoulders or on your yes. chest, you know, and and that's incredible. And I totally get. I I see why that's a pivotal moment for you. And, and I totally get why people often will say, oh, you had, you know, that epiphany and, you know, that was a thing that caused you to have radical change. But we all know that that is usually just the starting point, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, because radical change isn't really like really radical in the sense that it's time (laughs) radical, right? It's, it's usually, you can have, you can have compressed time frames associated with it, but it it will always take time for change to happen. So yes, yes. Yeah. So thank you for sharing your story. That was really helpful um, for us to get an insight on on how that came about. Hey, it's Dr. G, and I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to this episode. I'm so honored to have you here with me. Did you know that I can help you to get your own podcast started? With my podcasting launch course for professionals, I walk you through everything you need to know about starting a podcast. I'm with you every step of the way from sign up to launching your show with five episodes ready to go. There's a done for you version that's also available. And so now you had this amazing miracle happen on a very significant for you and your religious beliefs, your spirituality, um, happened on that, that particular weekend. Right. And then now what happens after that? Like what happens when you step out the doors and you are now back in your life and you're, you see your boy again and you know, you're back with your significant other and your family, like what happens then? You
0: know, I went right back to my life, although I will say there was like a seed that had been planted in the hospital. Uh, And you know how it always kind of stays in the background. It's always just there kind of prompting you like for action. But what I didn't know at the time that now in reflection and, and I detailed in Journey to me was that I didn't understand how my belief systems are really steering my choices in life and my belief system. And the reason why I ended up in corporate America and pharmaceutical sales to be more precise was because I did not feel enough. I did not feel enough. And I was a woman who had attached her worth to the size of her paycheck. So to step out of that corporate environment, I always used to say corporate environment was like the golden shackle (laughs) because it it wanted to keep you working for them because they gave you the the money and the significance that for someone who did not feel enough thought she needed
1: right mm, gotcha.
0: but <clears throat> it also made me reflect when you nearly die it may it, at least for me I went back and reflected and I asked myself the hard questions of like do I want to stay in this life that, I don't feel as fulfilled. Or do I want to pivot? And what's it going to take for me to pivot? Um, and yes, I saw my little boy, and it was the most heartwarming reunion. But I had to cover my 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 arms up because when you are, I had been in the hospital for two weeks. I looked like a battered woman
1: because mm-hmm. of, All of the bruising from the from the, from the medication.
0: Yeah, yeah, the medication that I was on and would be on for the rest of the year. I Mm -hmm. had on Coumadin for the rest of the year. And it was really scary because here I was 37 years old and I would walk and I would be out of breath. And I was like, it was so humbling to go back to that and to have to start all over again. Uh, But you do it now with your eyes wide open and really asking the hard questions. And within, let's say, a year of that incident, I... Had, de- had made the decision to move to Austin to marry my, my, who would become my second husband. And I still stayed in that whole medical sales arena because I was still operating from fear. You know, mm-hmm. and I was, I was operating from wanting to control my circumstances because what ended up happening after that incident was that my, my control patterns really kicked into gear. Okay. I, wanting to control my circumstances, you know, cause you had been, I had faced, I had no certainty, right. And I had surrendered and I had accepted, you know, because in, in that moment of like that firing squad, I had surrendered mm-hmm. to God and said, you know what? I know you're going to, I'm going to trust that you're going to lead me to the path of greater joy, but I'm still operating from fear. Once I go back home. Right. Wow. And so I go back to medical sales. I work in it for a year. And then suddenly some, another turning point occurred. I lost a baby. I had a miscarriage and my stress, because my stress was so high with medical sales. And I finally got to a point where this isn't my life anymore. I I just need to take a break. And with that take, that break turned into three years. I was a (laughs)
1: stay-at-home for three years. years that's a big break.
0: <laughs> a, you know, I had a yeah. baby at 40. I had my baby girl at 40 and I I had an identity crisis. So those are the thorns, you know, yeah, yeah. Because a woman that, that wants my significance, but, and that's the biggest lesson I learned was patience. I'm yes. not a patient person. Oh, gee, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm just simply not a patient person. And that was Huge for me, like to really step back and say, Wait for your answers. Your answers Mm -hmm. are going to come. You got to trust, you got to trust and accept that the path that you're on is the path you're meant
1: to be on. To learn those
0: lessons, you need to learn to equip you for what's coming, right? And then, oh, yeah, yeah,
1: there's definitely, um, for every test, there's a testimony that is for certain (laughs) (laughs) patience. And patience is one of them. It's like... It's a big one. Oh my, oh gosh. my gosh. It's like, uh, so funny. Don't they go hand
0: in hand, right?
1: They certainly patience,
0: do. You know, patience and accept the path you're on. It's like, no, but I'm an achiever. And I want, yeah. I want to achieve my goals. Why can't I achieve my goals?
1: I know. Stop stopping me, right? Like, stop stop coming into my uh, my zone here. Yeah, no. No, that's pretty amazing. And so... um. So then you had a forced lesson in patience. Yeah. It sounds like. Yes. Awesome. That was a big one. (laughs) And then it sounds like you were able to draw on these experiences for your books now. So now, now I have the context for the books, right? So now I'm like, okay, I get it. I see why she's written these. And so, um, so then what prompted you to write a book in the first place?
0: Well, I, I got a very persistent thought that just would not go away when the pandemic hit austin in 2020 i kept hearing you need to write your book it's time trust me you need to write your book it's time trust me and you know when that surrender piece because when i did he came through abundantly for me i got my second chance and every time i acted on those promptings so i had learned to trust that inner voice, and more importantly, to act. So when that prompting came very strongly, I just started to journal, and I I remember like certain things would come up through through me um, of women in years past. Like I really want the life that you have, Sylvia. So how did you get that? And so I took some nature walks, and I started to just get downloads of what each chapter was going to look like and what lesson was I going to
1: to talk about
0: write it write it write it and within a year i had hired a writing coach and i had hired someone um, um in guatemala who eventually would translate the the, the text and i you oh, know so being, you, you, it's Spanish person well it's gonna be introduced into spanish in in a couple of months the trans just finished but the English version is already available. Okay. It's been available for about a year. Uh-huh. The translation oh, okay. is finished. And I want to do it in, you know, in steps. Because it's a big undertaking when you're, when you're publishing the book for the first time. You, you learn absolutely.
1: So much. I absolutely. learned so much
0: the yeah. first time around. Yeah, I bet you. Uh, and, oh, it's been fun. <laughs> it's been fun learning that one. But I learned to trust that my answers were, were within me. They, they were no longer outside of me. And... And that was such a huge difference from the woman I, she was looking for her answers outside herself. She was attaching her worth to the amount of money she was making. And when she didn't get that, where was her identity now? Right. That's all fear though. That's the fear-based ego kind of like guiding you. Mm -hmm. Right. And when you have these awakenings, what ends up emerging from that is your soul identity. And something I talk a lot about the book. You know, when you go through change, you got you got two identities kind of battling it out. Your fear-based ego, you know, based on your programming, your modeling, and all those expectations you're carrying around that are simply not yours, but you don't know it yet. Right. And then, and then you have the person, you know, you've always been this, this genius person that before, you know, trauma kind of took a hold of her. That's waiting to be discovered you know, underneath all that fear, and once yeah. you remove that fear, that identity rises up and then takes a hold of you. And that's what ended up happening with me. And when when I wrote the book, I saw, I saw those patterns. I'm like, wow! Like I saw the victim pattern in my relationships and how it it emerged. And because the book coaches people, um, so the way I wanted and needed to be coached to get to joy faster. Cause I took a huge detour and I just didn't want <laughs> women to go through that because it's not a fun detour to go through.
1: Right. All yeah. Of that, right? Yeah. Now I believe that. So <laughs> that is, so, so now you had to tell us, um, so that one is available. You said it in English right now, you're working on yes. the translation into Spanish. Um, where yes. can people find a book? They okay, you said you saw on Amazon. Right. On Amazon, yes, and what's I the title again? Remind us the
0: title. Sure, it's a journey to me. Trust the wisdom of change.
1: Okay, perfect,
0: awesome, and um, really anywhere online because I Barnes and Nobles, you know, and if they want an autographed copy, I'm more than willing to autograph a copy and send it to them. They could always email me, then I can leave the email in your show notes. <laughs> so.
1: Okay. All right. And then do you have a website that you I mean do you I mean besides the books do you coach people or is there any service that you offer? I'm actually uh
0: going to be starting my masterminds based on my book. I'm titling them interestingly enough. This is why I was so attracted to your podcast, uh Freedom from Fear. Oh nice. <laughs> you you need that freedom from fear to be able to operate at your highest level.
1: Absolutely. Um, and Absolutely. And these
0: are masterminds that are usually six to 10 people. And that's what I'm currently working on to get that available to people. Okay. Um, and I do have one-on-one coaching and I do speaking engagements where I can give like a synopsis of the, uh, the blueprint I shared in the book on mm-hmm. how to take a point and really kind of guide you towards your divine soul's purpose. And, okay. um, towards that identity, this is waiting to be discovered. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. That's great. Okay. And then what is your, what is the contact website then? SylviaWorsham.com. Okay. Do you mind spelling that out? So people who are, um, yeah.
0: Listening S Y L V I A W O R
1: S H A M.com. Perfect. Awesome. Awesome. This has been such a fantastic conversation and you have shared some incredible pearls with us. Really appreciate it. We're at that point in the show where we do a tradition called fill in the blanks. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Awesome. All right. So the first one is if I am fearless, I will. If I'm fearless, I'm going to step into my power and be unstoppable. (laughs) Love it. The next one is to me, fearless freedom means To me, fearless freedom means that
0: I'm free to bring my light into the world at a very high, high level. Uh, To be free from fear means that I no longer, I operate, um, I operate and I become
1: the person I was created to be. Love it. And then the last one is my battle cry is.
0: My battle cry is be unstoppable
1: and dare <laughs> to
0: live out your purpose.
1: Awesome. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And just let the audience know once again, how they can get in contact with you and the title of the book that they can look for sure. on Amazon.
0: So my webpage is sylviaworsham.com. And I'm really uh, available to, to be reached out to really on any social media site except TikTok. I'm not on TikTok, but I am on Clubhouse and Facebook and LinkedIn. That's the bulk of my work is on LinkedIn and all the recommendations. And the book is really available to be purchased anywhere online, Barnes and Nobles, any bookstore, independent bookstore can order it. The book is called Journey to Me, Trust the Wisdom of
1: Change. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. fantastic. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Sylvia. We appreciate you, and we know that you'll continue to face your fear and and achieve incredible, incredible things. So thank, thank you, you so for your time. Yes. Thank you.